You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.
of strength we've got here today. Local issues. So I'm here at the school, kids strike for climate action. Live coverage. Join the, the spirit of this gathering here today at IMAR. Your voices. So give us a bit of a lowdown about what's happening. There's about 200, 200 people here at the moment. Community struggles. We're now in front of the uh, Tundaminawaya Mōbohina Monument. I'd like to thank Community Radio 3CR, who for the last decade has been broadcasting here. Feed Radical Radio, your membership is vital. A few hundred people about to pass us right now. Lots of young people standing up for their future. Subscribe today. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 9419 8377. tuned in to Queering the Air on 3CR Community Radio. I'm Iris and I'm your host for this hour if you're tuning in live or later podcasts whenever you are listening. Um, and the first track there was Vision by Electric Fields. And after that we heard about Subscriber Drive, which it is. Definitely subscribe to 3CR um, to keep Radical Radio going. Um it also gives you a say in the operation of the station in terms of the subcri- subscriber representative on 3CR. So, yeah, check that out. And we know with the, the shall I say it, F-book stuff, um, that how precious the, like an independent media is in terms of, yeah, these corporate media, you know, corporations that can do whatever. Yeah. Um, but first, I'd like to start off with an acknowledgement of country before going on to this show for today and I'd like to acknowledge that I'm broadcasting in so-called Melbourne over the Wurundjeri and Bunurong people's lands. These lands were stolen, Indigenous sovereignty was never ceded and genocide is ongoing. Yeah, and I'd like to pay respect to Indigenous peoples all around this stolen continent and acknowledge the resistance that is ongoing. Um, yeah, so you're listening to Queering the Air on 3CR Community Radio. I'm Iris, a white queer trans settler, she, her, they, them, and today's show is going to be mainly two things along with some music. First up, we'll be talking to Tilly from the Food Angels, a queer mutual aid project, and then in the second half of the show, we'll be talking to, we're hearing from, I mean, Leilani and Morag on art care 
And yeah, the art collaborations and yeah, really wonderful conversation that is. So definitely stay tuned to 3CR Community Radio for that. Cool. So, um, but I'm actually going to go to a news item first before those things. So this was a media release from Pride in Protest entitled Save Student Activists from Deportation. And I quote, COVID-19 and ongoing economic impacts of lockdown has thrust international student and student activist LW into poverty. Without paying off a $14,500 student debt, he is at risk of deportation. And quote, if I'm unable to settle this debt and enroll by Saturday, I'll be deported back to Papua New Guinea where homosexuality is still and carries a jail sentence of up to 14 years. As an out queer activist, the danger that comes with deportation will have a severe impact impact on my mental health and put me at risk of suicide, LW stated. LW has been a key organiser for Pride and Protest, a collective that campaigns for social justice issues affecting LGBTIQI plus community. He has contributed vitally to organising around hashtag Black Lives Matter, stopping Mark Latham's transphobic bill, and has been involved for many years at the UNSW Student Union. The threat of his deportation and the dangers he faces as a queer activist has rallied the community. Loans have been used to try and pay off his debt. However, a lot of money was loaned on an emergency basis. Many people have sacrificed their rent money, money set aside for medical bills and even savings for food. The queer community and many others have stepped up to save LW's life, but as an already marginalised community, these funds desperately need to be reimbursed to those who have so generously loaned it due to the on, due to the urgent deadline from the university. The obscene student visa requirements, exorbitant fees from corporate universities, and the callous nature of our immigration system that would deport it that would deport a queer man back to a country in which it is illegal shows the truly the true ugly face of Australia. The issue affects so many poverty-stricken international students, queer immigrants, and social justice activists. It just so happens that this time is is it is one of our closest friends and organisers, Pride in Protest organiser Bridget Haralu said. A GoFundMe has been launched to fundraise money for LW's student fee debt and reimburse the generous community members who have loaned money to pay the university immediately you can donate or share the fundraiser and yeah i'll provide that in the podcast show notes and it's also on the f book fa- page of this show which actually wasn't taken down surprisingly um but yeah that was the media release from pride in protest there and if you just tuned in you tuned into querying the air on 3cr community radio um next i'm going to go to a track melbourne by alice sky and then We'll be back with some more about the Queer Mutual Aid Project, The Food Angels.
You're tuned into 3CR Community Radio, Queering the Air. I'm Iris. Um, if you'd like to text in to the show, you can text on 0488 809 855. Want to say hi to me? Um, yeah, do that. So in terms of what's up next, here is Tilly talking about the Queer Mutual Aid Project, the Food Angels. Okay. I'm joined by Tilly, a member of the Queer Mutual Aid Project, the Food Angels, and content warning for some mentions of death, Bridget Flack and Chloe Slarks for this interview. Thanks so much for joining me on Querying the Air, Tilly. Hi, Iris. Thanks so much for having me. Um, first, would you like to tell listeners a bit more about yourself? Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm Tilly. I use they or she pronouns. I'm a queer person living in Nam in so-called Melbourne. Um, yeah. Cool. Um... So, in terms of the projects of Food Angels, first, could you talk a bit a bit about how you understand mutual aid? Yeah, sure. Um, so, I kind of, I think a lot of people sort of came across mutual aid as a concept a lot more during the COVID lockdowns here, um, because it really started to gain a lot of traction as a term that was being thrown around. Um, and I did more research into it, and I really found that it was like, a lot it resonated a lot more with me in terms of doing community work rather than charity because um focused around the concept of it being solidarity not charity and it's peer-based work and it's not um a top-down um sort of charitable function it's like community peer support and it's community care and it's mutually beneficial aid yeah awesome um yeah i know it's been a heavy time in towards the end of last year and recent months in many queer and trans circles and I guess like only going into mentions rather than details of these heavy times but could you talk about how the Food Angels came about? Yeah sure Um, so we've been around since early December which obviously everyone in the queer community knows all too well how difficult that time was Um, coming out of lockdown obviously I feel like there was a bit of a mental health crisis in our community so yeah we did have some community members pass away in really awful circumstances so um yeah just thought whenever i'm having a rough time i always appreciate or would love to have home cooked meals from people in my community and it really shows yeah that you care about someone so yeah just started offering meals to friends who i knew were grieving and trans friends and people that were non-binary as well who i knew were particularly um having a rough time and mourning these losses during that time. Um, and, yeah, my friend Alex Cuff started promoting it on her Instagram and it sort of grew from there from just offering meals to friends to offering meals to the wider community. Anyone that's sort of in crisis or having a difficult time could contact us and um, have home-cooked meals delivered to them by members of the community and feel connected to community and cared for. And I've actually, yeah, met a lot of um really beautiful people through doing this and I feel um, more connected to community myself and um, yeah, it's been a really special thing so far. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Could you talk more about how it's been received? Yeah, sure. Um, actually last week we just had um, our first 
full volunteer meetings. We've been sort of trying to organise things from the ad hoc system we had before. Um, yeah, and we had a bunch of new volunteers come and we made our Instagram account and we've got our fundraiser up and we've had an overwhelmingly, like, the response has been incredible. Like, we thought we'd start up a fundraiser because a few people early on were offering to send money um, and contribute funds if they couldn't help out with, like, cooking or driving or anything else. Um, so we put up a fundraiser and we've had to keep upping the goal because people just keep contributing money to it and it's incredible because at the moment it's completely self-funded. So this fundraiser is going to mean that we can make this into a permanent um, community support resource and a com- permanent mutual aid resource for our community. Um, and we've also got our Instagram that's gained heaps of traction in the past, what, two weeks that we've had it up. We've had so many people contacting us offering produce donations from food that they've been growing, offering to drive, offering to cook, wanting to donate to the fundraiser, wanting to, yeah, just support in any way that we can. So it's really um, overwhelming and special to have that sort of community response. Yeah, incredible. Um, Yeah, and I'll definitely provide the links to the Food Angels in the podcast show notes when that comes out on Queering the on the 3CR page. Yeah, as well as... Yeah, the Instagram and yeah, all the stuff, the chuffed fundraiser. Um, yeah. So in terms of what you've been doing, what have been some of the learnings from what you've done so far? Um, I think the biggest thing that's been difficult for, um, I know myself particularly, but I know a lot of other people that were involved is um, learning how to do things in a way that aren't going to burn you out because it is meant to be mutually beneficial aid. It's not charity where it's meant to be one person giving at all times. It's meant to be a reciprocal thing. So like realising that some people that were volunteering, moving from um, being cooking and stuff like that to receiving meals themselves and just making sure that all of our volunteers are supported and cared for and fed by the food that we're making as well if they need it and just trying to really make it more than just delivering food because that's what we sort of realised it's become a sort of first point of contact for community members who do need more support than just food. Um, and I think for a lot of the volunteers as well, it's been really um, good to have everyone feel like they also are being cared for and that they're not expected to put themselves out and burn themselves out and exhaust themselves to keep this running because we don't want that to be how it is. No. Um, was Has there been any other significant challenges? A lot of it's related um, to that. Definitely the money issue because we are completely self-funded and we don't want to be a registered charity because we're not a charity. Um, we were um, originally receiving a bit of reimbursements from Bridget Black's fundraiser for community support that was set aside, um, but that money's run out. It ran out a while ago, so we were kind of just... Like, I was, I'm privileged enough to have been in the financial position to have worked and been able to sort of front the costs of a lot of this myself up until this point, but I know that that's not accessible for everyone. So, yeah, this fundraiser is really um, was the biggest thing that we needed to get going because, yeah, the money has been really difficult um, and it just, yeah, was making it harder for new volunteers to get involved because we didn't really have a way to reimburse them yet. Um, yeah. Yeah. Could you talk some more about the vision? You mentioned a bit about that, the collective on the Chuffed page. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess basically we want it to be a non-hierarchical permanent mutual aid resource. 
um, that centres trans people, gender non-conforming people, cutie pox, um, and I guess kind of some bigger visions that we have for this project potentially once we're like up and running in a more sustainable way is providing mental health training for all of our volunteers because we do recognise that a lot of um, our recipients are vulnerable in that way um, and funding a space for us to cook and store the food and run the mutual aid from um, so that it's more centralised and that it's more accessible for more volunteers again and also as a community um, drop-in space as a resource in that way. Um, and we also would love to be able to have it be a source of paid employment for um, people that are currently volunteers as like a way of self-determined, dignified employment that helps the community. And we would want to ideally centre cutie poc and other trans and gender non-conforming people in that if we were ever able to do that and expanding our mutual aid beyond food yeah yeah cool um so if listeners are listening to this and thinking about getting involved how can they get involved yeah so we've got um an email so it's the food angels mutual aid at gmail.com all one word um we've also got our instagram um, which a lot of people have been messaging us on and we've got um, Alda, our awesome social media person who's been um, getting back to everyone really quickly. So if you want to contact us there, it's just the Food Angels Mutual Aid, all, again, one word. Um, yeah, and we've also got our Chuffed fundraiser, but that's linked on our social media too. Yeah, awesome. One last question. What would you say to listeners looking to start or grow in Oh, I'll start that again. What would you say to listeners looking to start or grow their own care or mutual aid practices? Um, as much as this is a cliche, it's kind of, I didn't really set out to start this in the way that it's kind of grown into. It's sort of like I recognised that I had the ability to do something because I was once removed from the people that we lost and I felt that I had the capacity to do something for my community and it's sort of grown naturally into a mutual aid project. So I feel like if you see a need and you think that you are someone that can fill it, just start doing it and people will jump on board and support you. And it's it's not easy. Um, it definitely hasn't been easy. I think I've reached burnout in January. But, yeah, I really strongly encourage you to just get a group of friends together, start doing something, and people will back up anything that is great, I guess, yeah. Awesome. Um, thanks so much for joining me on Queering the Air. Unless you have anything else you'd like to add or shout out, shout out to you. Um, well, Alex Cuff, who's running Hommel, the House of Mutual Learning, has been a huge help for getting this started. She's been a huge encouragement to me and a huge support. Um, and yeah, just also want to recognise that mutual aid is a concept that was taken from Indigenous and people of colour um, from their communities where they've been practising this for hundreds of thousands of years. It's not a new concept. It's been around for such a long time. I guess it's just sort of become more widely known in recent times. But yeah, just wanted to acknowledge that. Awesome. Thank you, Tilly. Thanks so much, Iris. And that was Tilly there talking about the Queer Mutual Aid Project, the Food Angels. You're tuned in to Queering the Air on 3CR Community Radio at 5.5am on the AM dial, streaming live at 3cr.org.au, digital and podcasted. So soon, coming up, we have a conversation with Leilani, Leilani and Morag talking about their art collaborations, friendship and care and much more. But first, are we going to a track? And just going back onto that interview, I did talk to Alex 
um, on the previous programs, so look that up at 3cr.org.au forward slash querying the air and there's a podcast on the House of Mutual Learning plus the other stuff on that show. So up next, I'm going to play Better Things by Kayan. How to learn a little 
that was Kian with Better Things, and you're listening to Creating the Out on 3CR Community Radio. Now, up next we have a interview with Leilani and Morag talking about their art collaborations and much more. And their next, the next thing they're featuring in um, is an exhibition curated by Jamie Gale at the Bus Projects. That's happening from March 9 to April 10, and I'll provide a link to that in the show notes. And I'm Iris, your host until four. I'm joined by Leilani and Morag in their very spacious lounge rooms with lounge room with a very nice couch here. On uh, and they're joining me on Queering the Air. Um, first, would you like to introduce yourself? And just before that, for some context, we're going to be talking about a bunch about their art. Um, but first, would you like to talk a little bit about yourselves? Thank you so much, Iris, for complimenting our couch and spacious lounge room. We got this couch for free off Facebook Marketplace. Um, <laughs> please bleep when I said Facebook. Um, uh, my name is Leilani slash Liv. And yeah, we have an upcoming art show curated by Jemmy Gale, which is very exciting. Um, I am a mentally and chronically ill person that sometimes makes art and gets opportunities to do art things, which is very exciting. And um, I'm very pleased and happy that Morak and I have been given opportunities to collaborate and create art together because that's literally all we ever want to do. <laughs> but Literally all we ever <laughs> want to do. So, yeah, thank you to the people that give us opportunities to do that. Sometimes it means literally the entire world to us. Um, yeah, and that's me. Awesome. Uh, hey, I'm Morak. Um, I'm a cripple. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's it. <laughs> Thanks, Morag. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> so let's let's get on to a bit about the process involved in making one of the latest things you did together. Um, because it was for the visibility exhibition curated by Hannah Morphy Walsh and Pauline Virtuno in late 2019 and into early 2020. Um, yeah, could you describe your work and talk about the process involved in that art? Absolutely. First off, shout outs to Hannah Morphy Walsh and Pauline Vichuda. They are amazing. And the visibility show, it was incredible. Um, um, yeah, so basically Pauline asked us to create some work and it was kind of like specific to what the gallery needed. So basically there was like seven empty cabinets that needed to be filled. So we were like, okay, cool. We'll just fill them with stuff we'll make stuff. Um, so we made like this whole kind of complex narrative that only we understand <laughs> through the cabinets, through the sculptures is kind of a story being told through um, what they are, which is like, they're like sort of like broken mirror sculptures um, made with broken mirror and um, different kinds of wire. And we, we made like dangling ones and, um, like kind of like I guess, how would you describe it more like murals I don't know like murals. um like uh it's sort of like mm. each cabinet was like its own little scene and story and um uh pro there was like a progression and a connection through each 
um, one that you looked at um, and maybe Morak, you can describe what the sculptures were kind of about or like the narrative that we were telling. Well, I have a, a poem that we wrote together as well as our artist statement that we had for the visibility. And I feel like that's maybe best representation of it. Mm. So maybe I'll read the poem out. Yes, read us some Sounds poetry. <clears throat> we fell and the hands we thought would catch us let slip through their fingers and our own, torn apart by tides in the water's deep. Brief, no longer a reflection they, they liked, no longer a reflection they could hold. The truth hidden in all of us, within pain, love grows. So beautiful. Mm. Thank you. Very evocative. Thank you. Um, yeah, could we talk more about, um, yeah, picking up some of the themes maybe in that poem about friendship, care, maybe even, I don't know, the sharp mirror fragments of the work. What do they represent for you? Um, yeah, thank you so much, Morak. That helped recontextualize it for me too. Mm. Um yeah, like it's really putting it bluntly, the works are about ableism <laughs> and um and the pain of losing um friendships to ableism as well as other forms of isms, I suppose. And the way that for me the mirror is like a very the broken mirror is a very simple, like direct metaphor of like the way that trauma um splits and refracts like our memories and sort of permeates every part of us and it splits our identity like for me I have I have dissociative identity disorder because of having complex PTSD and complex trauma so it was a very like basic 101 kind of metaphor for me of like the way that trauma like um messes up your consciousness basically and your memory and your identity and your sense of self and and how often um in interpersonal relationships um you can sort of bring up other people's stuff because there's so much going on with you and it can be really hard for people to um see parts of themselves in you in your most vulnerable parts um and that can be difficult on friendships and um yeah that's so that's really and, and as well you know like it's broken mirror it's sharp it's jagged like it's about pain and um but yeah it's also about like the beauty and love that came from like what we went through together um like our love for each other is like so deep and like everlasting I'm gonna cry um and it's because of you know like we were already like deeply you know in love as friends but like what we went through um solidified it and the support the unending support that we give to each other and try to continually nurture and maintain that's what the um 
that's what the the beautiful aesthetic part of the um the sculptures represents to me um i don't know if that made sense but yeah your turn i love you dude <laughs> i love you <laughs> sorry guys very emotional i'm autistically stimming which you can't maybe tell because this is not a visual network but i'm stimming like heck right now yay (laughs) serious feelings um yeah there's something that's so powerful about mirrors and reflections and the breaking of and the reconstruction and the trying to fit things back together but it's never the same but it's fucking beautiful anyway (laughs) yes i like Mm. to think of them no they they are portals to me portals that reflect through time and experiences yeah it's it's painful and beautiful to reflect on it on the time Mm. that inspired this piece um the art Work title is called 11.55. We called it that because we returned. We lived on the same street twice, once, and then we were torn apart at number 11 and we came back several years later to live again on that same street at number 55 to create this piece yeah that was like magic it felt really magic yeah Um, because it was like we got torn apart at the number 11 house yeah and went through a lot of terrible stuff and then years later we can't we were able to live together again finally at number 55 and we were able to make all these works like at the 55 house. And so it felt like a huge, like coming full circle and like a completion and like making these works was such a hugely cathartic thing and thing for, for us. And especially like the context of like what we went through at 11 was like dealing with ableism and, and other isms. And then to come back several years later Um, And to be so held and supported and, like, you know, um, by other disabled people. Yes. um, By Pauline and Hannah, like, paying us to make art about what happened and about how we feel about things. Like, it's just, I can't even express what that means to us. And and now Jemmy giving us this opportunity at Bus Projects to sort of re-show the sculptures in a new way um it's just yes. like oh my god it all makes me so happy and excited and thankful and grateful and yeah 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 me too <laughs> i'm so excited literally just before we started recording this we actually just unboxed our beautiful pieces yeah we're looking at them for the first time in like over a year mm-hmm. yeah what was that like in terms of what you're feeling unboxing that 
It felt like, um, yeah, like one of those YouTube unboxing videos <laughs> or like, like, I, what was I saying? I was saying like our past selves are Santa or something. Yeah. And then like we're like the little kids in the present opening up the box. Yeah, they sat at the gallery for like over a year. So, yeah, it's wonderful to see them. And um, I'm so excited to rework them and work with them again. And because, you know, it's they're literally just made out of wire and mirror. So there's so much <laughs> like you can do to sort of edit them and um, reshape them. And, and it's we're excited to tell more of the story now because we don't live at number 55 anymore. We've actually moved on. Yes. from that house to a new to start a new cycle somewhere else and a new stage of our lives so we want to like update the sculptures and um like the danglies as we call them i don't know what to call them but <laughs> um and to add more to the narrative like um it's like beyond the you know beyond all of the reflecting on the past and the completion of that cycle it's like moving forward this is where we're at and this is what we're going through new reflections new reflections yes awesome um speaking of reflections again do you have any further reflections on the visibility exhibition and yeah the community involvement in the exhibition and any learnings you had from it oh um uh do I have any feelings about or reflections about visibility? Just like when I look back and think about it, it just like, I, I, I can't think about it for too long. So I'll just cry. Like it makes me feel so happy. And like, I, I really can't thank Pauline and Hannah enough for like the work that they put in to make this show happen. And Megan from Wintermark Gallery, she's, she's a total babe, helped us with a lot. And, um, Yeah, it was just wonderful to connect with um, so many disabled artists, like never in my life, you know, and there's a there's a feeling that can only be shared between disabled people like access, intimacy, Mia Mingus, blah, blah, blah. But um, there was a feeling that I've never received before, like the love and support that and the patience and like sweetness and slowness with which like the space that disabled people allow each other to just be and to take their time and to figure out what's going to work best for everyone it's just like everyone should be able to feel that and have that and it I just um I'm so thankful to for that experience um I actually got to hang out with Ruby Allegra Pauline and Hannah and Mariani um, recently, because Ruby was over briefly from Adelaide. It was just a spontaneous little hang. But this is every like a bunch of people who showcase work in visibility, and it was like it was like that same feeling again, you know. Um, and it's just like it feels like little glimpses of um, our future utopia of. Um, everyone having the access their access needs and requirements fulfilled and everyone um having a place having a space um and not just being shoved away um so yeah visibility means a lot to me that's that's it yeah 
it was just so special like to be able to be creating art and showing art with so many other wonderful disabled people like like I can't I can't really express it in words it just it just makes me feel so like I'm gonna explode like in a really really great way (laughs) Mm. yeah I'm so fucking thankful to Pauline and Hannah as well and and all of the artists like everyone's work was like so like different and beautiful and unique and i'm like this should be a yearly show this should be something that happens every year more disabled disabled what is the word here i'm looking for art shows (laughs) (laughs) yes it needs to be like an annual like double annual thing like it should be fully sponsored and Mm -hmm. supported Mm because you know it's like nothing else i've ever seen before like truly Mm. speaking of like art do you really admire and things you've been involved in that are really amazing um do do you have anything else on your mind around like art you really admire particularly lesser known people that you could talk about or shout out to Oh my god! Put on the spot. Uh, I can I can think of one okay, yep. one person. Uh, HTML Flowers. Um, he's been doing work for I don't know how many years now. I've known him doing comics since since I first moved here the first time around, like when I was about eighteen, nineteen years old. Um. And creates comics just like about crippled existence and I feel like at that time I'd never really seen much or any like representation of just like unapologetic like not even like like there's no there's no fucking sugar coating or like we gotta overpower this or overcome this, which is like just so suffused with disability representation major quotation marks here because it's pretty much never actually written by disabled people for disabled people. But Grant Grant creates comics like about that. Um his latest work um oh sorry he also goes by jonathan now um his latest series of uh zines um no visitors worth checking out yep don't know if there's there's definitely more words i can say but they're not actually words they're just feelings there seems to be quite a theme today for me yeah that's that's all good um, I tried to have a thing, but I can't really think of anyone apart from, like, the curators that we've worked with. So yeah. I'll shout out Jemmy Gale um, um, and Pauline Vachuna and Hannah Morphy Walsh. Um, legends, really. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So going in, we've mentioned this a bit, but going into more on what's next, what's happening with the exhibition that's coming up? 
Um, yeah, so it is at Bus Projects, uh, which is at Collingwood Yards um, in, in Collingwood on Johnson Street uh, near the Spiegel Tent and the Keith Herring mural. Um, yeah, so it's called the Bus Projects Gallery. Um, it's a show. It's an exhibition curated by Jamie Gale. It's called True Colors. It's featuring myself and Morak. Um, Sophie Kassar, I think that's how you yeah. say um, yeah. an amazing d- disabled artist as well. Um, Peter Waffles Crow, Sab D'Souza, uh, Jordana Bragg, Nick. Okay. I'm, there's lots of names. Um, there's a bunch of people. Nick Mullally. Thank you. <laughs> um, Ada, Ada Azeen, um, Alana Rivera, Kingston, Sam Peterson, Alex Cuff. And then, yeah. Um, so it is. And Jemmy. Oh, yeah, and Jemmy. Sorry, <laughs> Jemmy. I assume Jemmy, Jemmy Gale. will also have some art in it. Jemmy Gale. Um, yeah, and it's it's a, it's it's the theme is like friendship and giving love and receiving love and um, yeah. the cure. Well, what is it? The curatorial statement that Jemmy wrote is really beautiful. Um, the queers have been through a lot this last year. Um, yeah. All people have lost people people and there's been a lot going on and I feel like this show is a really beautiful way to like honor um um just to honor like friends and love and love between friends and um yeah read the curatorial statement by Jemmy it's so beautiful and I'll stop talking because I'll cry but yeah Mm -hmm. that's what this show's about yeah, sounds like a really deeply affecting and like necessary show at, you know, these last few months, etc. Um Yeah. Anything else you can hint at for collaborations in the future? Um, I wish. I wish we had something to I don't know. Um as of yet, it's murky lurking in the unconscious. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure we'll manifest some opportunities. Hit us up to, to pay us to make some art yeah. if you would like us to make some art. Do it. We will do it for money. <laughs> um, all right, yeah. <laughs> Cool. Work in any medium, multidisciplinary yeah. artists. Yeah, I'm gonna. Um, I mean, don't quote me on this. Although I guess this will be going on. That whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we'll be. Um, our works will be maybe a little bit different from the show at Visibility. It will we'll still be working with the sculptors, but they might look different. And I'm hoping to do some photography work for it as well. So um, yeah. Awesome. Do you have anything else you'd like to shout out to or a song to request? Um, uh, I'd like to request You're My Best Friend by Queen to play <laughs> after the interview and I dedicate that to Morash. Oh my um, God, I love you. And I want to shout out um, Jabuki on Twitter. They made me laugh a lot. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Shout out to every single disabled person in the entire world. You're fucking amazing. I love you. Yeah, nice. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thank you both so much for joining me on Corinthia. Thank you for 
putting up with us. Yes. I don't know why we're so giggly. It's a good vibe to be giggly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thank you, Iris. Have a good day, everyone listening. Yeah, have a chill one. And you're tuned into 3CR Community Radio, querying the air, 855am on your AM dial, streaming live at 3cr.org.au. You just heard from Leilani and Morag talking about their arts, friendship, care, and much more. We're reaching towards the end of our show today, and we will be playing that track soon by Queen. But first, I do want to point out, it is Subscriber Week. So 3CR does rely on subscribers to keep the station alive and Radical Radio going, and there aren't where would we be without like these sort of conversations and yeah, this station being on air since 1976 here in so-called Melbourne. And another thing I'd also like to mention is you can hear more from Leilani and and Morag on 3CR because they were also part of the Disability Day 2020 broadcast coordinated by Pauline Fortuna and check that out on the 3CR website. And thanks so much to both of those two lovelies to come on the show um yeah so the other thing i was going to mention as as well as subscriber week is querying the air is looking for new people to join we just yeah we need some new people of new energy new ideas to come on board and do some shows so if you're interested shoot an email to querying the air at gmail.com and yeah i'll follow up things or someone will follow up things and yeah you could be doing radio stuff too. Anyway, um, and up next at 4pm is Salam Radio Show. I guess we're going to go out with Queen. I haven't gone out with Queen on this show before, so this is a new experience. Um, you're my best friend, Spy Queen. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, Queering the Air. See you next week. I'm Iris. I mean, next show.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.